0: You're listening to The Wise Women Podcast, Season 2, Episode 41. I'm your host, Alicia Wilford, founder of Yoke & Abundance, a creative leadership coaching business. This podcast is designed to inspire by introducing you to creative women living abundantly. In today's episode, I'm sharing my recent experiences with failure, grief, vulnerability, and surrender. Today's sponsor is Yay Brand. Yay Brand's mission is to help people on a deep path of personal growth, to ground themselves in intention on a daily basis so that they can move past their fears and live a life of joy. Yay Brand does this through apparel, journals and houseware with intentional affirmations like coffee mugs that remind us, I am enough or I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Check out their website at yaybrand.com and sign up for the Q&A with May. Use the discount code yaywisewoman15 for 15% off your entire purchase. Hello out there, wise women. Buckle up, because today I am taking you (laughs) Deep into what has been happening the last couple months in my life and it feels like an incredible roller coaster that I am currently on and I want to be real, I want to be vulnerable and I am absolutely terrified to share all of this with you. but I am really happy that we live in a world of brene Browns and a world of growth mindset versus fixed mindset and we have research from carol dweck that tells us about that and if i am learning things i truly 100 percent with all my heart and soul believe that it is my responsibility to share what i am learning with all of you because that's how we rise by lifting others And sometimes in order to lift others, we have to lift ourselves. And in order to lift myself, I have to share with all of you, with my community, what has transpired in my life over the last couple months. Um, So a few things, just a a few random things that you'll see maybe later how they're related. Um, But some things about me. I have a really strong work ethic. You know, I was raised by a former farmer, my dad and my mom who is almost 70 and not retired yet and growing up She told me when I go into a workplace that if I can lean, I can clean. So don't be that person that is idle when they're at work. Um, Always be using your time wisely when you're supposed to be working. And um, they are the type of people that, 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 you know, they think my parents are those that would say, You know, why hire someone to do what you can do yourself? You know, they would never let someone else mow their lawn. Or, you know, in most instances, if my dad could repair something, he did. So I've got a strong work ethic. Another tidbit about me I love writing snail mail, handwritten notes and letters, you know, cards of thanks encouragement, love, making sure that I'm telling the people that I love that they matter to me and why I love them. I don't want there to be any question, and I, you know, I often do that through writing, and it doesn't mean that I get the words right, but, you know, Marie Forleo says progress not perfection, and done and out there is better than not done at all, and I send about anywhere between 300 and 350 handwritten cards, letters, and notes a year. So I spend a lot in, um, you know, at the post office and through cards. Another random fact about me, um, from a really young age, I felt like I was a weirdo compared to everyone else. You know, in um, second and third grade, I was a self-proclaimed thespian, yeah. Um, if that does not invite getting made fun of, I have no idea what else might, but, you know, I was certainly a kid that would, you know, I beat to my own drum. And at the time, I really thought that that was, um, it was a liability. Um, And and maybe at the time it was a liability, but it opened me up to learning how to take criticism from others. And I didn't take criticism from others well to start with, but I certainly got there over the years. So, now with my strong work ethic and my self-proclaimed weirdoness, I have taken everything I have learned in my journey since I left. You know, a whole lifetime actually. But, you know, I, being the thespian that I was, I really, really wanted to be an actress. And when I was younger, you know, I thought that that was gonna be the route that I was gonna be on. And I got to college and I kind of floundered because, you know, I realized that I was not cut out for moving to LA and opening myself up to criticism about my body you know at the time in college I was struggling with an undiagnosed probably eating disorder Um, you know I would restrict my food pretty badly and and I just didn't you know I just saw that as a part of what was um, acting among other things late nights weird schedules putting yourself out there over and over and over and over again and opening yourself up to repeated failure over and over and over again and really being at the whim of what somebody else wants you to be. And I decided that that wasn't for me and so I got into, I've I've always been really Interested in psychology and so I was a psychology major and I had no idea what to do with that So I floundered for a really long time and that is what led me on my journey of you know Reading every self-help book I could get my hands on Working jobs that I really didn't like and, and trying to figure out what it was that I was supposed to be doing and you know I've found yoga I became a 200-hour certified yoga instructor, a 300-hour certified yoga instructor. I opened a yoga studio. We launched a teacher training program. I went on retreats. You know, I did all the things. I wrote to get to know myself through Morning Pages. And I have been on this journey of understanding self. And it is through understanding self that I hope that I understand and have compassion for others in a deeper way. And that's what led me to all of this work with yoke and Abundance and becoming a leadership life and creativity coach it is what has really led me to the work that I am so incredibly proud of with the Wise Women weekly series. I mean, so much so that when I say that out loud, my eyes just really filled up with tears, and I felt a wave of emotion come over me because I have never in my life experienced But before now, never experienced that feeling of knowing without a shadow of a doubt that I am doing the work that I was created and called to do. Knowing without a shadow of a doubt that I am doing the work. That the hard work that I am putting in is taking me on the path that I am supposed to be on. And I'm getting more speaking engagements, I'm getting more clients, but most of all, most importantly to me, I know that the work that I am doing is having an incredible impact on the community that I live, work, and play in, and that the work that I am doing is having a significant impact in the lives of the women around me and that I work with. And that feels so good. And it feels so right. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am on the right track. So that's where I am with my work and some background about myself. And in in the last month and a half, some incredibly challenging things have happened. if you have been listening along, you know that recently I did an episode. um, It was episode 36, Reflections on a Life Lived in Joyful Service to Others. And that was me sharing with you that my My dad died unexpectedly on April 15th, the same day that Notre Dame burned, and you know, (laughs) Sometimes you don't know you're a daddy's girl until the daddy is gone, Um, but he was the awesome dad. You know, my parents are so great. They would take us on bike rides, and I was always seated in the back of my dad's bike as a little girl. The reason why I am a runner is because running was a passion of my dad's, and I hated running. He made us do it when we were little kids, you know, on the cross-country team. I absolutely hated it, and he would always make us do a sport growing up. And I just resented that so much. I was like, I want to be a theater person. Why do I need to be doing a sport? Um, and, and now I really understand the wisdom of making us do a sport. But when I got out of college and was thinking about, okay, I need to do something to stay in shape. What can I do? I chose running because I knew it would be something that my dad and I could do together. And I kid you not, I did. Det- tested running for the probably the first five years that I was making this concerted effort to do it you know I can remember we've got this park here in Greensboro called Battleground and it's about a two and a half mile loop and I would make myself go do that loop and you know it was a win when I could get through a mile without stopping And then after a little while, it was a win when I could get through a mile and a half without stopping. And after a while, it was a win when it was two miles without stopping. And finally, it got to three. And eventually, I would slowly build and build and build. And all of a sudden, someday, running became something that was integral to my life. And I can really thank my dad for that. But, you know, in my my life, I can tell you that, you know, I have realized now and <laughs> with my dad passing when I'm at age 36 um, that I was certainly a daddy's girl and I, I just didn't realize growing up how much of a daddy's girl I was um, but my dad passing away and, and passing away in such a sudden force that, that he did, I can tell you, it. I wrote a post about this. It was as if my dad was the sun and my mom is the moon. And his sudden leaving has been as if I have been launched into a completely different solar system. One where the moon has been knocked off her orbit and the sun doesn't exist anymore and so there has been a tremendous amount of um, grief that has been present and and I do believe that there are gifts that come with grief I talked about that on episode 36 as well there are so many tremendous gifts that have come with death. I mean, I would say that my mom is this incredible human being, and I, growing up, have had a little bit of a contentious relationship with her. I think that that's fair to say. I mean, probably because I'm so much like her, and that's something that's taken me a long time to admit, Um, but she is also a wise woman, and she also has so much to share and give and she's fun and she's interesting and it took my dad's passing away for me to see my mom for who she is and it that's such a painful gift and i am so grateful for it i wish that i could have been given that gift in another way but i just now see my mom in this whole other light i see her for the human being that she is i see the little girl in my mom even though she's gonna be 69 in june and i see this tremendous strength and power and i see how i am who i am because of not just my dad but my dad and my mom and my mom and my dad and I'm so grateful for that gift. And I am also grateful for the gift that is, that is death because I've been given so many wise lessons in my dad's death. I have been given the lesson of being intentional about leading a life of joyful service to others I have been given the gift of seeing the outpouring of love available to us if we listen, if we see, if we pay attention. I was listening to an MP, I've been spending a lot of time in the car over the past two months, driving up to Ohio and back to Greensboro from Ohio. And it's about a nine and a half hour trip if traffic goes smoothly. And so on that nine-and-a-half-hour trip, um, I've been listening to a lot of different things, and there was one episode of something, some news episode I was listening to, and they were interviewing a gentleman who works with those who battle addiction. And in their facility, they talk about how how they employ unconditional kindness. And that word struck me so hard in the gut unconditional kindness. I've heard the term growing up, unconditional love. I've never before then heard the term unconditional kindness. And it is absolutely the way I realize I want to be living my life. And it's absolutely the way my dad lived his life. And it is. It is something that I see my mom trying to live her life by, even though they aren't using those words. So, I just want to set the stage of where I was emotionally, maybe the first week in May, um, a couple weeks after my dad died. I am in the depths of grief. I'm still in the depths of grief. But I was really in the throes of it. And I was really in the throes of realizing the gifts that I was being given. That even in death, my dad was giving me so many gifts. A gift to live with unconditional kindness. The gift of seeing my mom for who she was. The gift of... Seeing the outpouring of love and attention and affection that we were being given as a family because of the life my dad lived. I mean, those are gifts that will have lasting reverberations through the rest of my life. And in addition to the work that I do with Yoke and Abundance, I also work part time for the nonprofit Triad Local First. And I work with them building their Women Independent Business Owners Network drive. And I very quickly went back to work after I got home from Toledo because, to me, the work that I'm doing is the legacy that I want to leave. And the work that I'm doing with these female independent business owners is part of the legacy that I want to leave. And thinking that you know I've always wanted to be a Centurion, and my i've I've always thought I'd live past a hundred and I have been living my life thinking I have all of this time because i'm gonna be I'm very cocky I'm gonna be a Centurion and Now, knowing that my dad dropped dead at 64 of undiagnosed heart disease that supposedly um, he had had for years, even though his blood work didn't show it, um, it it has been a wake-up call to me that if I were to also drop dead at 64, I now only have 28 years left. I have less than half of my life left to do the work that I want to be doing, to leave the impact that I want to have on this world from, you know, decades to come. So I got right back to work. All that's to say is that I got right back to work. I threw myself back into my work with Yoke and Abundance. I threw myself back into my work at Triad Local First. And that first day that I was back to work, it might have been the second week that I was back to work. The days are getting a little bit blurry. And, and, and this is the part of the story that um, I'm most scared to tell you about. But I think this is a really important thing for me to share. So I hope that you will offer me unconditional kindness in this story. I got home and on my door there was a note from the Sheriff's Department and it said that they were coming to talk to me about a civil summons. This is probably the most terrifying thing I've ever received at my door before. And I can tell you that I had a really darn good idea of what this civil summons was all about. When I left my full-time job, the security of my full-time job, to become an entrepreneur, to do the work that I was being called to do, to do this work that I am now the most proud of, I knew it was not without risks. And that's not to say that I didn't prepare, That's not to say that I didn't have a business plan and that is not to say that I didn't go in eyes wide open. I did. But last November um, my debt began to outweigh what I had the ability to pay and I had to stop paying on my debt. So I, I defaulted on some credit cards. Knowing that I was probably going to have to do the thing that I have been the most scared about since I went into business for myself. And since I went into business for myself, the thing I've been the most scared that could happen is bankruptcy. Oh, dear ones. (laughs) I have had that in the back of my mind and that's law of attraction too. You know, what you focus on grows. And I was terrified of bankruptcy and fear gets big and it eats away at you and it's I think sometimes we call in the lessons that we need and maybe I needed this lesson really big. I have been on this journey and when I started my business, I made some projections about some numbers that I thought I could pull off in the first year and I really thought that they were conservative numbers and with those numbers, I would have been just fine. But I am now two and a half years into my business and the numbers that I am hitting now are the numbers that I projected for the first year. And let me tell you what, I am starting to really find my stride in my business. I'm getting consistent clients on a monthly basis now. I have some additional income coming in through my work with Tribe Local First that goes hand in hand with the work that I'm doing. But the debt outweighed the income much faster than the income could catch up. And now I have to face that. I will not stop the work that I'm doing. And you might hear this and you might think, you know what, I think differently of her now because of this and she's not the type of coach that I want to work with. And I know that's a risk in me sharing this with you, But I truly believe that if I am going to talk to women about entrepreneurship, if I am going to tell people to go after their dreams and go after what it is that they want the most, I have to be transparent in my truth. And the truth that I am living right now is that I am up against challenges. And I do not tell you this. I do not want pity. I do not want people to feel sorry for me. I do not want anyone, anyone out there to feel that way. The reason why I'm sharing this story is because I believe in truth. I believe in transparency. And I believe in going after what you know is right for you. And this is the path that was right for me. So when I came home... To that note on my door, I knew what it was. And the Alicia of last year would have flipped out. I would have been thinking to myself, okay, what more can I sell right now in order to make this go away? How much harder can I work to fix this problem? But I can tell you right now that I am doing the work. I'm doing as much as I can do and then some already. So I knew without a shadow of a doubt that there was no amount of doing energy that was going to fix what was being brought to my door, literally brought to my door. (laughs) In that day, I put the note down, it was after five o'clock, I wasn't even gonna be able to call the sheriff's department back until the morning. I put the note down and I opened up the romance novel that I had been reading by Jessica Moore. I was reading the second book in her series And I finished that romance novel and I am so darn proud of myself for knowing that there was nothing that I could do in that moment and Knowing that what I needed most in that moment was self-care and what I needed in that moment was listening to or reading a romance novel that would take my mind off of the pressures and responsibilities that I was faced with that day and relaxing and (laughs) and Relaxing into that And I did, I relaxed into that and I listened and I heard and it was good and it was good that I did that. It didn't mean that I wasn't scared, but I didn't let myself spin out and get caught up in the fear and the anxiety of what was to come. That night my friend Azalea came over and I explained to her that how I was feeling about the gifts from my dad how i was feeling and and i shared what had happened and it was scary she was the first person that i really truly admitted to that i was going to have to file for bankruptcy because i don't have a different way out of this and i got this clear vision that it is time to surrender a vision that it is time to surrender and i don't i don't care what word you use call it god call it gaia call it the universe it is time for me to surrender i cannot control every teeny tiny thing or each and every big thing it's time for me to surrender so that night after azalea left I rolled out my yoga mat. I set up, you know, a crystal and a candle, and I wrote out everything that I was going to surrender. I was going to surrender to my dad's death. I was going to surrender to the doing energy. I was going to surrender to bankruptcy. I was going to stop trying to control Because I can't. There are things that I can control, and that's working hard, staying the course, and trusting that I am on the right path. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am on the path that I am supposed to be on. And I am doing the work. And I am going to stay the course. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to get smarter about what I'm doing. I will. I am. I already am but it's time to surrender. So I literally rolled out that yoga mat and I lit a candle and I saged myself and I, got down and physically prostrated myself on the ground. I have never done anything quite like this before, but I physically prostrated myself on the ground. I knelt down, I bowed down, and I said I surrender. And I sat there then in child's pose with my hands up, open to receive the gifts of what I am being given. And I promised to see all of the challenges and all of the hardships, the worst possible things that I could ever imagine, losing somebody that I care about most in the world, as well as the thing I feared most in the world, which is bankruptcy, and I choose to receive them as gifts and learning. Because there's nothing else that you can do except choose to receive your challenges and your grief and your heartache as a gift. And that doesn't mean you don't have fear. That doesn't mean that there's not a little bit of anxiety. But that is a conscious choice to be a way in the world. And the way I want to be in this world is I want to be truth and light and unconditional kindness and unconditional love for others. And I'm going to do that by receiving what I am given with an open heart. And then after I was done, after I cried it all out, after I sat there open to receive, I rolled up that yoga mat and I went to bed. And it's not as if I'd forgotten it the next day, but I let it be. And that afternoon, I got an email from Christina Brown asking myself and Rebecca asking us if we would co-facilitate and lead her Mexico to loom retreat with her in 2020. I don't know if that would be a big deal to you but it was certainly a big deal to me. She was asking me to facilitate a workshop, asking me to teach daily yoga classes, and asking me to offer coaching one-on-one coaching to all of the participants of that retreat. And I saw that as a direct nod from the universe that they saw me and they received my surrender. It was one of the most powerful messages I've ever received. As soon as I got that email, it was right before um, I realized I had time to get out to a yoga class. And I, 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 rushed out the door to yoga. I hadn't even registered for it. I got to the yoga studio and there was a teacher teaching that I had never taken class from before and I started to say I didn't have a chance to register in advance but I am here and my name I'm a member and my name is Alicia and nobody gets my last name right so I started spelling it. I started spelling A or W-I-E-L and she said she looks me in the eye and she says cuts me off she says Wilfert you're Alicia Wilfert. Wow, I took a step back. And I said, Yeah, how do you know that? And she said, Because I was listening to your podcast when I picked my boys up this morning or this afternoon from school. Wow. People I don't even know know who I am, and they're listening to my podcast and they're loving it. Two direct nods, two synchronicities. And I know that I would not have received those had I not surrendered. I share all of this with you because this is what feels like my failure. And if you are going through something, even if it's not bankruptcy, but if you're going through what feels like the hardest thing you could have ever imagined, a I want you to know that you're not alone. B I want you to know it's okay. But if you if you're experiencing what you feel like is failure, I'm sharing this because I believe I have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. I believe in growth mindset. So what is growth mindset? So fixed mindset says Are you sure you can do it? Maybe you don't have the talent. And growth mindset, it answers, I'm not sure I can do it now, but I think I can learn with time and effort. Fixed mindset asks you, what if you fail? You'll be a failure. And growth mindset is most successful people had failures along the way. And I need you to know that whatever you imagine is a big failure, is learning forward. You know, it makes me feel better to think about all of the, the people, all of the, especially the business people that came before me that did things that were failing forward into learning, failing into success. You know, James Dyson, he had 5,126 failed prototypes for the vacuum before he got a bagless vacuum that we now use i've got a dyson in my closet i love my dyson edison was told by his teachers that he was stupid and couldn't learn anything glad those weren't my teachers this one really gets me um editors writing about disney said that he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. So Disney said that he's quoted saying, I think it's important to have good hard failure when you're young because it makes you kind of aware of what can happen to you. Because of it, I've never had any fear in my whole life when we've neared collapse and all of that. I've never been afraid. Now, I'm afraid, but I'm not letting fear cripple me. Uh, I I recently had the privilege of hearing um, Jess Ekstrom speak. She started Headbands for Hope. She's an international speaker, and she talks a lot about failure too. And one of the things in her story that I think is really incredible is that as she was developing the prototype for her headbands, she had gotten $10,000 from her dad because he was proud of her and she, he knew she could do it and she wired that money to the people that had developed the prototype for her and it turned out they were scammers and she never saw that $10,000 again. That's, that's horrible and that's a failure and that's something that feels hard and bad. But now she's got you know, headbands for hope and it's amazing and she's an international speaker. Milton Hershey started three different candy companies that failed before Hershey's became a household name. You know, I am telling you this, and at the same time I'm telling you this because I need to hear it. I need to remind myself that failure is learning forward and that this failure is just something that I needed to learn so that I could share it with others. Something that I needed to learn to be able to move forward. This learning is the foundation for greatness. This failure, I am sure, is learning that will set the foundation for doing better this failure is going to help me build the empire that it will be yoke in abundance that will make a significant impact not just on my community not just on my city not just on the united states but what i hope will be the world and i know it will and i will not back down from that because that's the legacy that I want to live. Even if I only have 28 years left in my life, although I hope I'll be a centurion, I'm working on the legacy that I want to leave right now. And the legacy that I want to leave is that failure is growth. I hope that if you are facing something difficult, that you will surrender to what is, and that you will choose to see your grief, your shame even, your challenges as gifts as gifts that will help you set your foundation for greatness, as gifts that will help you rise by lifting others. I hope that you will see failure, grief, surrender, shame. I hope you'll reframe it into something that is powerful for you. Thank you. I would love to know what you thought of today's episode. Please head over to the website and share in the comments section for this episode what resonated with you the most or what you were most struck by. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the Yoke and Abundance email newsletter so you can be the first to know about retreats, workshops, and special offers. If you're loving the Yoke and Abundance Wise Women podcast, please head over to iTunes write us a review, and fill in some stars to help increase the reach and influence this podcast has in the world. It just takes a few minutes to help us significantly. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Yay Brand, and my wonderful editor and producer, Ira Sterling at Julia Sound Recordings. Truly, without him, this podcast wouldn't happen. Remember, every one of us has wisdom within. Keep sharing your words of wisdom because you never know who you'll inspire.